everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Do you like my... Oh, I was about to show you something. Fuck it, I'll show everyone. Yeah, show me. Do you like my Ben Shepherd pants? <laughs> I have to get up on the table. Who is it? Uh, he's a TV presenter. And my... oh, yeah. He does some stuff on Good Morning Britain with my dad. And my dad just came home with, weirdly, loads of Ben Shepherd boxer shorts and was like, should, do you want these or should I chuck them? I was like, I'll take them. I love chilling in my boxer shorts every time. I'm like, hey, Ben. Oh, <laughs> how are you how was your weekend how was the wedding we probably can't say much about the wedding it was like the most insane thing I think I've ever been to but it was amazing yeah yeah Emma can't say much about a wedding that she went to this weekend but I'm sure you all read about it online it was a very very big wedding and I was like tell me everything she was like it cost a lot of money that's all I can tell you yeah it was it was really sweet as well like I forget how much how nice like seeing two people in love is like yeah. but like really really in love and, like everyone's celebrating it and stuff like it's it looked it in all the photos that I saw they looked oh shit what am I doing on my computer hang on where have you gone are you still here yeah yes. <laughs> in all the photos that I saw on my computer on my computer sorry I was on my computer online <laughs> they looked like grinning from ear to ear happy it was very sweet yeah it was it was very nice did you drink no and partly because like half the people there um are sober that does not surprise me <laughs> and I was like oh that's, is that it was actually quite nice because I was like oh by far not the only person not drinking I'm not the odd one out yeah, yeah. I've heard that before actually when people go to like weddings where it's, it's often like yeah it's often like quite known people in the entertainment industry and it's like half of the half the wedding is like off their tits on like whatever's going and the other half are like completely sober it's really nice for everyone yeah yeah I have that support anyway can chan is just saying i had to go to the doctors this week and he said i was lacking in vitamin u <laughs> what is that meant to be some uh... is that a punchline I'm weighing the punchline. Well, Bitman, you, you. She was like, oh, oh look, it's Kanchan's back. Yeah. And do you know what makes a joke even better? What? Really what? What, what <laughs> makes a joke better? What? I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> did, you, did you not hear what I said? Or are you just playing the joke? I genuinely didn't hear what you said. <laughs> and you have to explain it, which I've now just had to explain. But you don't tell me jokes. I feel like, oh, I have some admin today. Okay, go ahead. So I don't want this to sound savage at all. This is genuinely like advice. Um, and it's not the first time we've had to say it. We we used to have to say it a lot more. We haven't recently. Now, we read the group. Um, when it comes to asking questions about steps, calories, workouts, exercises, that kind of thing, this is really coaching specific questions that need to be put not to the group but to Emma and I massive thank you to the clients of ours who tag us underneath these questions really appreciate it you guys have to tag us under these kinds of questions when it comes to the group good things that you put to the group that you don't need to tag Emma and I and that sometimes we can't even answer would be things like hi guys how do I do xyz on my pt hub like <laughs> <laughs> like Emma and I are not on the user end we don't really know the answer um or like hey guys how did you guys you know find it getting getting your steps in the first few weeks can you help me out like that kind of thing um yeah, or, like, ideas for protein or something yeah like that. how is that how are all the vegans out there getting their protein and shit like that or like I'm having a really bad day is anyone else here going through perimenopause Did it? that kind of thing oh god yeah like the, the group is the third coach but in the last two days, there have been two questions that I we weren't tagged in. One of them was about steps versus workouts. 
and there were like quite a lot of comments underneath it saying that Emma and I would say this or that we wouldn't say that so just tag us instead of answering it um and there was another one today somebody um put up loads of like screen grabs of all the exercises in the home weighted workout and was like here's just an example of all the exercises that I cannot do on the home weighted workout where I only have dumbbells and kettlebells every single one of the exercises you could do with dumbbells and kettlebells no bench no no bar nothing needed um these and Mubu thank you for tagging me these are questions that really have to be coming to Emma and I so and I can I just say that is no shade I fucking love it and we also including Kanchan we have a load of people here who are qualified like I am not saying that they're going to say the wrong thing necessarily, but this is the EC method, meaning we have a way of doing things. Um, but huge credit to everyone who's mucking in to try help out. And Emma and I really appreciate it because let's be honest, it makes our lives easier. Um, but coach specific questions are for the coaches. Just just putting it out there. Um, but that is no shade. We love you guys. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. Like there are some phenomenal coaches in here, but it would be the same if we were doing your program because you've written the program in a specific way. And it's like, I don't even answer the questions on Chloe's workouts because I don't know exactly why she's done them in the way that she's done them because I didn't write them. Nobody like, does. <laughs> because there's no logic. No, <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Um, Sarah's just saying, my first live after being on the EC method for a year. Welcome. Um, okay, Sarah Lynn. Hello, so excited to catch up on the live. Thanks for the love on reaching my milestone of getting below 200 pounds. It's been at least two years since I've been there. Excited to keep building momentum. You are a legend. Kim, hi guys. I'm not getting my water intake in. I used to be great, but lately I found it really hard. Really hard. How much should you would you recommend? Uh, 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 uh. I used to do a litre before midday a litre before four and then a litre at seven um emma's likely gonna say your body will will make sure you're hydrated and i completely agree and you'll know when you need to drink water because you'll be thirsty and you'll drink um if you are a very quote unquote clean eater and emma will say this to you too salt your food as well because that will play a role in it um I will say I do like in the heat in the summer when clients are up in their activity, which a lot of you are. What did we determine, Emma, was quite nice? Um, 0.5 litre per foot. So, for example, if you're five foot, 2.5 litres a day, for example, is a really nice promise to go by. But these are all just random kind of stab in the dark bits of advice that we, that I, well, I should say I would give you just to make sure that you're hydrated you're you're moving and you're happy and da da da. Um, and sorry. No, 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 and that's it. That's honestly it. Um, you don't need to be overly pedantic. You don't need to now be tracking two point five, but just be like, oh, okay, you know, I'll get a liter bottle of Evian and maybe I'll drink a couple of them today. That kind of thing. Like, just we don't we don't need you to go completely fucking nuts on it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's just another thing that's taking up brain power to track, like. Yeah, a, a practical standpoint or like advice for this is just always have a bottle of water near so that yeah. if you're thirsty you'll drink it most people don't need to be doing you know you get those bottles that have like people have drawn like bodybuilders do this I know that sometimes they're like trying to overhydrate, but they'll put like lines like do this before this time and this and it's like is there's absolutely no benefits doing that you'll end up just peeing loads and it, think of it in terms of like you might be like, well, yeah, but it does no harm. It does. Like that's taking up brain energy that you could be spending on actually important things rather than being like ticking off how much water that you've had each day during the day, every day. Like it's, yeah, it's going to make very little difference. So if, but if you are finding personally that you feel dehydrated or you're getting lots of headaches or there's some reason, or you notice that your pee is like luminous orange or something, then you get more water in. But do remember that most of the advice around water, like the the whole eight glasses of water a day, also included all of the water that comes from food as well. So like yeah. most of most things are made up of like 90% water, if not more, depending on what you're eating. So you're getting a lot of hydration from food, from things that you drink, like coffee as well. Um, yeah. So it's not yeah. just water. Yeah, it's, it, and it's all liquids. And anybody who does follow, and I know there's a few of you on here because you, are, I see on Instagram, 
that you've liked the photos because I follow some of you on Instagram and I'm like oh so if any of you are following like anyone who competes and I don't mean stereotypical bodybuilders anyone who competes who's holding their big jug talking about how much water that there's a very specific reason why and normally it co correlates to sodium and carbohydrates and peaking and being in stage condition and it's not something it's to do with a specific point of their prep it's not something that like if you want to get in great shape too you should all be doing no it doesn't work like that at all yeah and most people that are doing that probably aren't going to benefit from doing it anyway like if you're really really lean for sure that that might like make you look tighter on stage yeah but th there used to be this trend of like everybody doing it even people that weren't really in shape at all <laughs> like there's no point in doing it whatsoever like it's not water retention it's fat retention which is fine but no I've tried to chugging down a load of water it's going to make absolutely no difference I have been not ready for a photo shoot in terms of like the target I set for myself re how lean I was and just been like fuck it like I'll do everything I can I'll do the I'll do the carbs the sodium the water everything if, if anything I look worse like it just did it's just not you know if you're not lean it's not relevant so yeah don't worry about the it the best thing you can do is just get a good time that's it uh, yeah and apparently I don't I didn't know this um but apparently you can get people to like spray very realistic like contours and lines not like shit like spray abs that you like see as a joke but like you can actually really it can yeah that doesn't surprise me what they can do now talent so much skill right Melinda, hey ladies, I hope you're both well. Just wanted to say I had no migraines last week and spoke to the doctors and he said it was probably the decrease in chocolate that caused them. The decrease in chocolate that caused them. Yeah, because, yeah, I've seen this happen before and I've had this happen to clients before. It's like a withdrawal from sugar and the people get really bad migraines and some people faint. It's a bit weird. You must have been eating a lot of chocolate. <laughs> that, yeah, that is weird because a lot of people have chocolate as a trigger. Yeah, Not, uh, but I guess that, that makes sense that it could work either way. Interesting. Okay, Claire, in the lower body workout for weeks three and four, there are mountain climbers, and I can't wait there on my shoulder yet. What can I do instead, please? Um, lunges or bicycle crunches? Probably bicycle crunches because I'm doing the mountain climbers more for core than anything. So yeah, do those um okay hi are diet fizzy drinks bad for you even if chin chin <laughs> she says, sorry sent too soon uh i'll buy a diet fizzy drinks bad for you even if they are easily within calories no they're not bad for you unless you're literally emma's going to talk about dental care in a minute so i'll leave that for her um they're not bad for you unless you're literally chugging it by the bucket load day after day if you want to fit in a couple diet drinks every day and I know I do you're absolutely fine to do so yeah not really anything to add I mean if you are if you're drinking them in excess excess especially mm -hmm. if you're sipping them constantly throughout the day it's not good for your teeth and enamel um oh everyone your teeth Emma Emma's got fantastic teeth look at the teeth only because I don't drink too much fizzy juice. <laughs> um, and then there was another thing that I was thinking about the other day. I also think just if you're totally reliant on them, it's probably not a good thing. And bear in mind that Diet Coke has a reasonable amount of caffeine in it. And people yeah. see it as having caffeine in it. So if you're someone who is like, oh, yeah, I like to have it with my dinner. Can't understand why I don't sleep at night. And you're quite caffeine sensitive. That could be why. It's, all, it's 40 grams of caffeine in a lot of diet drinks, which... That's more than like um, an instant coffee, isn't it? Well, it depends on the coffee. If you were to have like a, re like a strong filter coffee, you'd have to have five diet drinks to equate to that. The only reason I know all this, guys, is because I'm prego. Um, but instant so coffee has like nothing, surely. Instant coffee is like pretty... Yeah, it's pretty... Like 100, 100 milligrams. So you would have like two two to three diet coats but more like two um uh instant coffee has like 100 milligrams but em is completely right like even i found because now i'm like you know i'm my body knows when i'm having caffeine um if i have a diet coke now <laughs> in the evening i'm it's not helping me sleep at all she <laughs> said at 5 30 drinking her diet coke you can't get caffeine free ones though yeah, it says it's only uh, 46 milligrams of caffeine in an instant coffee. I thought it wasn't very much. 
Oh, really? NHS website says it's 100. (laughs) So it's it's the same. That's equated, right? Just the feeling. My point is, like, you wouldn't think, or you would consider the coffee, but you wouldn't consider the Diet Coke a lot of the time. Yeah. As why you're not sleeping, potentially. Okay. Um, Just a quick thanks for the recommendation of the expectation effect. I'm reading it actually... Oh, I'm quote unquote reading it, actually listening to it right now. And the information has already been so useful for my clients in my nine to five. I work with veterans who have chronic pain and this stuff really applies. It's so interesting, but I think especially with chronic pain and depending who you're talking to, you have to be so careful with how you put that information across because it can sound like you're saying their pain isn't real, which I absolutely know you wouldn't be saying. And in like, it's more the misinterpretation of that because what that book is saying and what we're saying is like, placebos are real. Your expectation does create reality. But a lot of people hear, oh, you think it's just in my head and thus it's not real. Yeah. No, 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 it is real, but a lot of it's coming from your head, which doesn't make it any less real. Um, yeah, so it's very interesting. I think, especially with the pain stuff, you have to be quite careful. And so much of it, you couldn't, utilize unfortunately like ethical placebos like you're not a doctor nor can doctors do that either but it is very very interesting okay verity i've been poorly and full of the cold today but but got my butt out for a walk whilst whilst i get the live in feeling better it's been a big pain week last week so just did my best aiming for imperfect action for sure oh well done yeah I, I've had a really bad back flare up. Have you? Yeah, like I could barely walk on, like I almost didn't go down because I was like, I, it was so bad. What did you do to manage it? I just, I took naproxen one day and then I really wanted to see how bad, it, like I didn't really want to take loads of drugs yeah. to be able to feel how bad it was. But it seems to be easing a little bit. Yeah. It's Is flare. there a reason why? Yeah, I did squats. Okay, well, don't do that again. <laughs> what was sad though? Is I was so excited about it, and uh, it, it was only um, dumbbell squats, like uh, goblet yep. squats. So it wasn't like nothing like on my back. No pressure on my back. Was so upright. I got like cramp in my legs because I do so little. I think I had like fourteen kilogram dumbbell, just one. Yeah. <laughs> my legs were like holy hell, and they felt really good. And then my back was like no. It didn't hurt doing it though. Weirdly, it was after. It, that is interesting. <laughs> it is interesting, but there's so much core stability, and that includes back. That it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You poor thing. I hate that. Right. Okay. We're we're up to date on the live. Well, that's a treat because I have the questions up. Oh, another thing I wanted to clear up. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. This is this is. I've lost sleep over this since the day it happened. I've been like, no, I said that wrong. I need to clear that up. Just so we're clear, the Epino, which I've started using. <laughs> There's no. <laughs> no. So when I so explain to everyone what it is again. So the Epino is a balloon. It's shaped like think of it like um an egg. No, it's like a peanut shape, right? It's like oh, like a peanut within the the shell. The balloon is like a peanut shape. No, like like the shell. Like an unopened peanut. Yeah, right. Unopened peanut. And you put um, half of it. I have to put a bit more, otherwise (laughs) my fanny's like (laughs) like it's in bullet. You put it um, inside yourself, and it stretches. What? Oh, you know you're saying you'll put like a bit more than half in. What if it goes up? Well, okay, that's we'll talk about that in a second. But you is put it in string. Huh? Is there a string attached? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because you pump it up. So so you put it inside yourself and it stretches your perineum. And it does it doesn't matter if you put it up a bit higher and it it ends up touching your cervix. It's fine. It's not gonna, it's not gonna cross that barrier. You're fine. You can just pull it a little bit and pull it back down. Now I just I said in one of the lives, cervix, not perineum. So I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, this shit I lose sleep over. Like ever since that day, I've been lying there like, oh my god, I said the wrong thing. <laughs> I hate that. Um, and I do it all the time. I think I did it about something else re pregnancy or childbirth as well um 
what's it like so you put it when you put it up yourself and you blow it up and you get like a pressure reading that is like fine and you kind of think like oh great I'm so good at this me and the ethno are going to be fine and you blow it up and then what you're meant to do is like leave it there for a bit like 10 minutes um and then what you're meant to do is kind of relax your pelvic floor it's also a pelvic floor exercise um uh what's the word I'm looking for piece of equipment yeah yeah um so that's fantastic as well um now when you're ready to expel it in my head and I don't know why I thought this you release the air valve and you pull it out which is obviously completely fucking pointless the whole point of it is is that you have to like birth it oh childbirth right so you leave the air in and I was like okay but because it was blown up inside me and it was full I was like it's fine I'll get this out so again because I put it up a little bit further inside me otherwise it just shoots out I started to like pull and then I was like James because there's lube on it I was like, <laughs> I was like James my fingers are slipping on the on the tube can you pull it a bit and he's like all right <laughs> he reaches down and he starts pulling and all of a sudden I felt it and it feels like it honestly felt like I was going to tear which you're not going to, by the way, like it wouldn't have happened, but it was the first time I'd ever had that sensation. And I was like, let the air out, <laughs> and I completely panicked. So James let all the air out and pulled out this like flaccid crap balloon, which just defeated the whole point of the exercise. But now I'm prepared to try again tonight. I will get to 10 centimeters of birthing that fucking balloon if it kills me. But yes, anyone else who's doing it, again, I know we have a lot of pregnant women in the group or who intends to do it. Please let me know how you get on with it. How often are you meant to do it? Oh, like you could, once or twice a day, every day. My obstetrician was like starting week 35. So. Oh my God, that's a lot. You're going to have a giant push by the end of it. Giant tur. <laughs> Little snap back. <laughs> I've already booked in my first pelvic floor um, Oh, session. good. In week six so it's fine i will manage the area <laughs> okay eva oh does that change by the way if like not that you would but like say you did tear yeah yeah they i would have to go in and get assessed okay, and it would be a whole other thing yeah it would be a whole other protocol okay hey i'm going to a stag this weekend for three days and don't know how i'm going to manage food we're staying in a hostel in the countryside and i won't have much control about food or drink thought i might take Oh, uh, thought I might take some protein bars and diet tonic slash Coke to drink with. I could also ask my friend in advance what the plan is, refood slash request some vegetables, but don't want to make things difficult when there's 20 people going. We'll bank calories and come up to maintenance, but any other tips other than that? Where did she, where, where he, she stag? I'm confused, but where? In the countryside, three days, won't have control over food or drink. But like in, are we talking about in a house, like an Airbnb thing? Or are we talking about like, are they going like out to like? In a hostel in the countryside. In, okay. Oh my God, that's going to be so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> if it's on, if it's on your, if let's say for example, it is you guys like BYOB because of the location of where we're going to be obviously take yourself some like you know vodka or gin and diet something you know because yeah instead of you know you, you're talking 70 to 80 calories a pot per drink versus if someone's like guess what I bought the cocktail maker I've just done my barista no wait that's a coffee person cocktail course <laughs> cocktail course and now I'm gonna make everyone espresso martinis and then it's like oh hello calorie overkill so yeah, if you can, that's great. If you go out, easy. You just order what you order. Um, refood, I, and I'm sure Emma will say the same, just make smart choices. Don't be like, here I am with my Tupperware of frozen vegetables and five protein bars. Just make smart choices, which you will be able to do. Um, even like takeaway stores now, like typically, unless you're talking fish and chips, which is a nightmare. Typically, there's always something you can order that's kind of where you want to be. But I, I certainly wouldn't go into it like you're on some kind of, yeah, we're talking about bodybuilders before, like bodybuilding prep. Like just make smart choices and do the best you can. Yeah, and it's only three days. And also just remember, like it takes a little bit more self-control, but yeah, 
just being aware that you know you might not be able to control exactly what you're eating but you can still control how much of it you eat so you have to have the second portion you don't have to have 10 drinks blah 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 and you'll be absolutely fine and then I think making a plan to get straight back on track when you get back and there's been so this is something I've noticed I think this round especially I don't know if it's because so many people are going on holiday now but so many people saying that they've had the most incredible holidays and come back and got straight back on track and not let it ruin their progress and actually we've seen this from people who are like yeah and I put on a bit of weight because I overate and I chose to overate overate I chose to overeat and I enjoyed it now I'm back I'm getting back on track and I don't regret it one bit or other people that are like I made smart choices and I ate what I wanted to but I still made sure I got my steps in and did some workouts and I've come back and I've not even put on any weight and you're like great like and that there's no right or wrong there it's what's important to you and how you want to have your holiday but the point is like instead of feeling almost like a victim to your circumstances you're like I chose those actions and I'm happy with the consequences yeah and that's a huge win guys when you manage to do that either which side of it when you really manage to consciously go into decision making and consciously come out of you know come out of that environment into a new environment and decision I mean it's just such a huge when you really get that control back over your relationship with food your body your social environment and that's what it is it's you regaining control and that is such a win and I know because I've done it and I remember it and being like oh my god I went on holiday and stuck to my diet I went on holiday and didn't stick to my diet I went on holiday and did something in between and every single one was my choice and I'm I own it and I'm fine it's fine like it's oh it's the holy grail it's everything we're trying to get you to do so if that does apply to you fucking bravo well done oh oh. okay uh kanchan does your badge shrink back once the balloon is out yeah yeah (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) like wandering around with the royal albert hall between my legs (laughs) um nicola oh my god chloe i can stop doing pelvic floor pulses after your story good luck tonight (laughs) okay mubu hi lovelies two quick ones please i'm on the back assisted workouts yeah Oh, there's one. Okay. Um, okay. On the barbell bench press, am I okay to have my feet on the bench? I find that this helps keep my back flat. Back flat. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, when I look to swap an exercise out for another, equipment may be broken or busy, so can't use, etc. Are there alternatives? Are the alternatives also safe, safe for dodgy backs? No, probably no. not, because they'll just do whatever on, is on the app. Yeah, they'll be allotted. An example of instead of leg extensions, dumbbell deadlifts are recommended. Are these okay to do with a bad back? I wasn't sure if the alternatives you purposely put in or the app does without knowing. Yeah, so the app will just be like, this is working, this muscle group. Although that's a strange swap, leg extension for... Dumbbell deadlifts. Yeah. I know that is a weird swap. It's not really unless you're unless it was like curl in which case I got loads of DMs the other day when I talked about deadlift being a pull exercise and people being like it's a push exercise and I was like okay (laughs) you're pushing the floor away that's the only thing I could think but I was like okay it's not but fine (laughs) okay you're wrong but continue yeah you're wrong but it's fine Um, no it's 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 a it's an algorithm created by my PC hub so I definitely wouldn't um re are deadlifts okay with a bad back generally i'd say no probably not but everyone's different there'll be you know there'll be some people with a bad back you know who can squat and then there'll be people like emma it's <laughs> yeah. definitely a bad idea but yeah, yeah you're, you're exactly right like moves you have to figure out <laughs> what, what things do flat. like i've just figured out that squats flare up my back no i just love how you might like, just like dip your toe in and try again and then oh yeah still still blows up my back so probably not a good idea, but it's impossible for someone to be like, X is bad for your back. Like yeah, some people will be, I actually weirdly can do dumbbell deadlifts. No, exactly. Uh, a lot but of people w- wouldn't with a bad back. James can't even like hit pinch into that position with his. Like, so you, we don't know, but I, uh, generally I'd probably warn against any kind of big floor to standing pull. Mm-hmm. Eva's just saying, I'm a she. <laughs> But invited to a stag do, one one of two girls. I think they're bulk buying drink and prob a lot of beer. 
but I can bring some extra booze for myself. They've rented an entire YHA in Wales. Wow, that would be amazing. Oh my God, And but also perfect scenario for a horror film. I think you should pr- play a huge prank on everyone <laughs> to absolutely fucking terrify them. Plus they'll be so pissed. They're, this could end really badly, maybe don't do that. <laughs> When I was younger, my like my family and a load of other families rented out a whole youth hostel and we did Christmas there and it was mad. I love that. Some of my like best adventures have been in youth hostels around the world. And I like I would so like backpack travel and do it properly all over again if James wasn't such a snob. <laughs> well, you know, with his bad back, they, they are the worst beds ever. And, and most of them have bad bugs in them, so. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, okay. I ate the entirety of Canada and it was awesome. Oh, that was Verity about her whole day. Yeah, and she owned it and now she's back on track. Okay, Tajal. Hey, ladies, question. Why is it better to lift with flat, non-trainer shoes or socks? I did, hoping to get to I do soon. What? Oh, sorry. I did, hoping to get to I do soon, train barefoot as the gym is in the garage and I'm lazy. But what is the reason behind it? Oh, having flat shoes. So you've not got this sponginess of the trainer. Well, you're just you're just stable. You're just supported. And and lifting in bare feet is contested. Like some people are like it's way better, and some people are like it's definitely not. I mean, I would prefer a good lifting shoe to a barefoot, to be honest. But anybody who is doing it, and I say this every time we talk about it. Whatever the fuck you do, do not get on a varnished wooden platform in your socks and try and do a big compound lift because I've seen it go horribly, horribly wrong more than once. And I always have been like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, what, someone just like slips under their deadlift? Goes right out under the bar or like, yeah, slips down onto the, and I'm like, you're an idiot. Put your fucking shoes on. You're on a varnished floor. So, I mean, just be conscious of it, you know? Um, okay, we're up to date on the live. Oh, okay. You get the questions up. I need a wee. Okay, then. Um, hi, ladies. Um, right, okay. Hi, ladies. I've managed to stick to my protein target of 100 grams, but somehow I'm always under the fat minimum target of 40 grams. Is that okay? Thank you. So 40 grams is like a general minimum we give you, um, something that I've always done. And I'm pretty sure that Emma does the same thing. I'm sure I've heard her say this is the basement of 0.5 grams of fat per one kg of lean mass. So my kind of lean, you don't need to get, again, you never need to get pedantic, but whatever your lean weight is, 0.5 grams of, of fat or that per one kg. So mine would be 30 grams of fat. That's the basement, basement, basement. And it's really pivotal that you hit this for your hormonal health. Also other things like inflammation, um, organ health. Uh, there's loads of reasons why, but especially for women rehormones. Um, so that's the real kind of basement, basement. But is it important that you hit it as a female? Yeah. Yeah. It's something that we do want you guys to focus on. Um Probably less important to hit it. Like, I mean, I would still try to hit it every day if you can, but less important than like protein because it's stored in a slightly different way. So if you're like, yeah, today I didn't hit my fat, I wouldn't be like, oh, go over your calories just to make sure you hit your fat target. But I would be like, think about tomorrow how you can hit that target or have a little bit more fat. And there might be days where you just naturally have, I don't know, salmon and your fat is higher. But yeah, as a minimum, definitely make sure you're hitting at least 0.5 grams per kilogram um rasheen i think it's rasheen how do you accurately or as accurately as possible log things like milk and tea and coffee i like an oat flat white in the morning on my way to work so i usually log that in my fitness pal but there's hundreds of different entries and different calorie amounts for all of them Sometimes I have a few cups of tea with a tiny bit of skim milk throughout the day should i log 100 milliliters yes of milk or something extra on my fitness pal every day, just in case it's have this, yeah. So for every cup of tea or coffee, I always say to clients 100 milliliters is like, even if you have it milky, it might be a bit more. If you have it a bit stronger, it might be a bit less, but it's a good barometer. Um, and just go with a really popular brand. Don't worry if it's, you know, five, gra- five calories less here or 10 calories more there, just something that you know that you use. Um, and like something with a tick, just because you know it's been approved by a dietitian. 
<clears throat> um, am I on top of thing? I am on top of things with blogging food, but I worry that stuff like this slips, slips through the net. Maybe I'm miscalculating calories. Could this be throwing me off? It depends. I definitely had clients before tell me that they are having tea and coffee with milk and sugar in it. And I've like, uh, like maybe five or six times throughout the day. And yeah, that's about three, two, 300 calories a day. And it's pulling them out their deficit for sure. And I'm like, cool. It would have been great to know this 12 weeks ago. <laughs> um, but so yeah, it's some, one of those things to rough track for sure. But again, um, and I'm sure Emma will agree, absolutely not something that you need to be putting on your scales and weighing out or like watching it. Like, yeah. Yeah, especially if you have quite a consistent habit of that, like you get a flat white every day and then you have two to three cups of tea, like the consistency is there. So like you don't need to track each thing, like Chloe's saying, just be like, oh yeah, I know I normally have this. So if my target is 1600 calories, but I know I spend about hundred calories on milk and tea and flat whites, maybe a little bit more than that. But anyway, just take that off instead mm -hmm. of thinking I have to log this every single time. Whether you track it or not, the calories count, right? So mm -hmm. we had a question about this actually, about um, essentially should, if you know, like I think, I don't know if she's watched the EIQ webinar, but all of these inaccuracies come into calorie tracking. Things like your own inaccuracies, but also food labels and just forgetting to track stuff, like all these different layers of inaccuracies. Then should we, knowing that we should stick to, I don't know, 1600 calories, should we actually just track 1500 calories to account for that inaccuracy and the answer I would say is probably not and there's so many reasons behind this yeah but the likelihood is we're giving you a 1600 calorie target and you're probably eating a little bit more than that that's fine <laughs> like as long as you're getting results if you're not getting results then we'll make little tweaks from that but most people who are even on the same calorie target won't be actually intaking the same amount of calories because of the inaccuracies of calorie tracking but as long as you're consistently aiming for that target if we find that you're not losing weight then we will look at what's happening and make any changes that we need to make yeah and on the untracked meal thing we've we've had two things about this recently and both completely different for me anyway coaching standpoints for completely different reasons so for example we had lizzie who had <clears throat> spot this week nailing her maintenance calories i think she even dropped weight um, nailing her, um, her, 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 uh, neat and eat and was just smashing it and then had an untracked meal. And the next day the scales went up for two pounds and she literally had like, um, um, uh, Marks and Spencer's ready meal and pudding. And yeah, she just commented here saying no question, but a quick thank you for talking me down from my absolute meltdown yesterday. You cannot put a price on the support that we get here. Oh, we love you, Lizzie. That was actually a different meltdown. <laughs> Congrats, Lizzie. You've had two on <laughs> but it's perfectly normal part of going into maintenance and and come and kind of relinquishing a little bit of control with your tracking and your and your fat loss diet. Um, it's really normal to when you start to do it, freak out a bit, but it I promise you, it will you'll call out, it will level out you and you'll realize, oh, I really don't need to worry about anything. But that takes a minute. Um, anyway, so <clears throat> She freaked out and she reached out and I said, hey, you, you ate a ready meal, which is going to be really high salt, first of all. Um, you, you ate more food than you would normally have for dinner before bed. Um, relax. The scales are going to drop back down in a couple of days. It's fine. And you're not in fat loss anymore. You are perfectly able to come away from tracking for one dinner and maintain your results. You're not in fat loss. Why did you work this hard if you can't even have that freedom one night a week? I mean, it's just ridiculous, right? So we talked about that. Now on the flip-flop, we had another client today who is trying to lose and see the scales drop. And we're two weeks in, we'd like to give it another week anyway. And she's been having an untracked meal and some, and some wine with it once a week, every week for the last two weeks and the scales aren't moving. And she's saying, should I drop my calories? And obviously my response is no, stick to them. Stop with the untracked meal, stop with the added wine, stick to the calories. Then we can see, is this working? What's the data doing? Is there an option for you to have an untracked meal every week? Would you rather just get there and then come up to maintenance? And then we can talk about it. In which case, if you have a fat loss goal, you need to stick to the data points that we give you and it doesn't apply. Um, 
so yeah just dip, again a classic example of what I was saying about coaching points specifically different pieces of advice calm down keep doing it you're fine and I think you should cut that maybe stop for different clients for different reasons so just wanted to touch on that yeah I the untracked meal thing is hard because I think some people do see it as like a rewording of a cheat meal which it's not it, a cheat meal it's not it's what not it is yeah yeah and, yeah but, whether you track it or not there's <laughs> so yeah. like is the reason you're not losing weight is because you're not in a deficit I mean with if it's only been a week and a half or two weeks then that could be numerous reasons that you've not lost weight yet mm-hmm. but long term I, I don't know I just I'm not sure I massively see the point in like a specific untracked meal I get the psychology behind it but if you have given yourself truly like unconditional permission to eat whatever I want whenever I want but I'm choosing to eat in a certain way because I'm meeting this goal or I'm working towards this goal then like the untracked meal is just every day like like you don't sure you might be tracking it in my fitness file you might just be roughly tracking it or you might be going out for a meal that you couldn't possibly guess how many calories are in it but you know roughly like this is the target I want to stick to on average over the week and I'm making these choices to do so yeah so for me as a coach it's something that I always um give as an option to everybody coming out of fat loss and coming up into maintenance and the reasons why are predominantly psychological um so when for me when I coach and as I've just said and you know in terms of the different context of the untracked meal when to do it when to not do it I quite like clients who are happy to track and who are in the swing of tracking and who get on with it and aren't in hell. Obviously, if you're in hell, we talk about different dieting methods. You don't need to track. Um, but for clients to get on with it, don't have an untracked meal. Don't do it. Because you're right. I think a lot of people a, see it as a cheat meal, which it's not. Um, and I want the data. I want the client to stick to what I'm telling them. And I need to see if it's working. When we come out of fat loss and we come up into maintenance and the fat loss goal is achieved and done, and we know that we can, in a completely controlled environment, increase calories, keep an eye on your expenditure, your steps, your workouts, your everything. I think it's pivotal for mental health and getting some kind of normality back around food. And I like to do dinners. I like to do like, say for example, to start in the beginning, one dinner per week. So you're you're on it in the day, you're tracking, you're moving, your steps, your workouts, your whatever. And then put the fucking phone down. You're not in fat loss anymore. Come away from being completely glued to numbers, completely glued to what I'm eating, how many calories are in it, da, 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 da. Fucking relax and have your meal. Now, this meal could be anything. It can be something that you would normally eat in a fat loss phase. It can be something a little bit different. Like, you know, Lizzie had a MS ready meal that she really wanted, which I think was like a spaghetti thing, which I would totally do the same thing. Um, and a dessert. And the fact of the matter is you're not in fat loss anymore. You don't have to track everything you eat and you have to give yourself a little bit more permission to relax around food. Now, Emma's completely right. And they preach it till the sun goes down. That doesn't mean there's no calories in it, obviously, and hopefully you all know that by now. But it is important to try and start to regain back some normality around food. And I tend to find that clients then, after we do this one night a week, sometimes two nights a week, they start to have one or two realizations of what they want their long term health and fitness journey to look like. Are they happy to continue tracking most of the time? And that's me. Um, and it suits their life well and then every now and again they know they don't need to track they have the option to come away or are they like actually this is really nice and I can actually eat my quote-unquote normal food and not track it and it's fine oh my god this is a revelation and then it's usually a sign that you know like Emma come away from tracking entirely and live your life but again at the end of all this there is the big foundation underline of what Emma said food still has calories in it So, you know, but I just think psychologically it's quite important, especially for someone like Lizzie, who is like me, very numbers based, so on it day after day after day, just to give her a little bit more like breath, you know? Yeah, I I agree. I think, yeah, it's just different psychologies for different people, but the outcome is similar. I would, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, but this is the thing different coaches have different things and if Emma's like oh I probably wouldn't do that then absolutely felt like there's perfectly good logic and reason why but yeah it's and and it's all for different I reasons. guess it's coming from a place of like it wouldn't mean much to me 
or many of my clients because there's not that same emphasis on tracking all the time with everything that you need to do like and knowing that it's a tool and like many tools will work and it's the same fundamental of anything it's like what do you think of fasting it works for some people like what do you think of this eating window yeah it works really well for some people but the only reason that it works for fat loss is you're creating a deficit yeah like if you want to track everything during the week and then not have a tracks meal on the weekend the reason that that's working for fat loss is because it's allowing you to stick to a deficit long enough to lose body fat yeah it's a tool it's a tool and it's it's a psychological tool you know much like how we say to you when you go on holiday maybe don't track maybe just make smart decisions we don't want you guys to trip up we don't want you guys to to start to resent the progress process we, you know we we have to find psychological tools to help you and i think yeah emma's right for some clients I think it's really important for other clients. It's absolutely not. And usually those are the clients who aren't quite so wedded to numbers and tracking, but you know, you can I, also do this. Like if you're moving away from tracking, have an untracked meal every single day. Yeah. Like I do this with a lot of clients where the day is quite disciplined because you're, yeah. you're doing things. And then whatever you have for dinner is whatever you have for dinner. But under the caveat, like that won't work if you're so restricted with your diet and you feel so like, constrained by it then you will overeat on your quote-unquote untracked meal whereas mm. you're just like yeah I completely understand the process of all of this and I'm quite disciplined during the day it gives me more flexibility in the evening I don't feel like oppressed by tracking calories then that's fine it's only really a problem when and this is why I mentioned cheat meals because that it's often just branded as a cheat meal but it's actually like essentially binge eating of like yeah. I saved up all these calories now I'm going to eat as much as possible because it's my cheat meal that like that becomes a problem whereas if you're like oh this is just a meal a week that like I have out with my partner I don't really worry about what calories are in it but I eat sensibly and I eat to fullness and I eat to enjoy that's it. it that's exactly what it is though yeah, and and that's- then go home and like binge on chocolate because it's cheat day no 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 that's exactly it and that's where it always comes with giant caps locks from me saying this is not an instruction to fall in the fuck it bucket this is not an instruction, eat whatever the fuck you want. That's not what it is. It is literally a breath away from tracking to show clients, like I say, who are very wedded to it, who are very numbers led, that they can have a dinner. And I always say dinner away from it to prove to them that they can relax around food. They can enjoy it. It's not going to cause any fucking damage. And it's not. And I don't want clients to hear Emma and I having this conversation and be like, oh my God, so should I stop? Oh my God, is this going to do loads of damage? It's like, no, as long as you are avoiding, as Emma said, this cheat meal, this fuck it bucket mentality, it's a really nice thing to do. If anything, you need to do it more than anyone. If you've got fear wrapped up around coming away from tracking, like it, we need to get to a point where you're okay not tracking everything you eat. Um, even if you choose to stick with it, like I say, or like I say, you might be like, actually, this is fine. I can come away, which is fantastic. Um, but look, different strokes for different folks. And any of you who are coming up into maintenance, and again, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone in fat loss, but anyone coming up into maintenance in the medium or, or kind of long term who, you know, wants to kind of get a little bit more, wants to have this conversation a bit more with Emma and or I, just tag us and we'll talk to you because it is quite client specific. And just to reiterate, it's not a fucking cheat night. <laughs> Just yeah, it's, but the thing is, if you're at maintenance, right, Lizzie, let's say she's on 2,000 calories, it's mm-hmm. average over the week. So if you're like, Do you know what, I was quite happy on fat loss eating 1,600 calories during the week, that gives me way more to play with on the weekend. Like, you can do maintenance like that as well. Yeah. And it's not so much an untracked meal, it's just I know I'm going to roughly eat that much because I'll be eating out. Yeah, and also don't forget that the calories that you've allotted for dinner also contribute to your untracked meal. Like, so if you're like, oh, by the end of the day, I've got 500 calories left for dinner. Now I'm going to have my untracked dinner. You might go a little over. You might not. I mean, who the fuck knows? Generally speaking, it's going to even out and you're not in fat loss anymore. So it's okay. And it would really, really upset me if we were bringing calories up to maintenance for clients who are done with fat loss, who are like this every second of every day still. I don't want that to happen. It's not healthy. Um, And like I say, this is coming from someone who does track generally most of the time, a bit different now I'm pregnant, but generally most of the time, long term. I don't want anybody coming away from a fat loss goal and feeling like they are still completely beholden to it. Um, So yeah. In fat loss. It's just, even in fat loss, it's just a tool. And when you really go and look at how inaccurate it is and realize that it's just like, it's just like your starting calories, like they're a sensible start point. 
and if you're tracking the same things every day then you've got a pretty accurate point of where you are the numbers won't be right but the consistency will be so as much as it's inaccurate it's often consistently inaccurate and that's why you have a place from which to then change but that- then I, do, I also don't want that wedded to the idea that you have to eat the same things every day so that your calories don't change I also want people to be like it's okay if you want to go for like try out the new I don't know Japanese restaurant down the, down the road and eat a boat of sushi like it's okay if you don't have that fat loss goal anymore like whereas look if you're in fat loss it's okay anyway of course it is but you're you're not gonna get where you want to go if that's your approach to it you're just not like so yeah yeah I think like the reason I talk so much about why it's so or how there are so many inaccuracies is because people get fixated on the exact numbers yeah glued to their phone and stuff when you're like okay, I know that I'm having poached eggs and toast or whatever. I know it's probably (laughs) going to be this. I don't know exactly what it is, but I don't feel like I need to get my phone out at the table and track this right now. I can just be like, okay, it's going to be roughly this. Move on with my day in life. Yeah. Oh God, yes, please. I hope hope all of our clients get to that point. Yeah, I think most of them are. Yeah. Uh, Melinda, hi, I keep seeing lots of posts about creatine. Should we all be taking this? Or is this for certain people at different stages of the process? Everyone. Unless you get like really bad. I think someone said that they had really bad um, digestive issues from it. If That's quite rare, by the way. But if that is you, then don't take it, right? There is some benefit to it. The reason that we recommend it is because there are some benefits to it and it's very cheap and it's already in food and we know that it's safe. So unless you have like one kidney, maybe then maybe then consider not supplementing or speaking to your specialist first but generally it's safe it's readily available it's easy take it but on the the reason I want to say that is because then some people like well what could I take instead like there isn't an alternative really it's like what could I have that would give me the same benefits of protein nothing it has to be protein same with creatine like it would have to be creatine but does that mean you can't make get like any results if you're not taking creatine no it's literally like the 0.005% additional benefit that you might be getting. So it's worth doing because there's research to, to prove that it increases strength and potentially cognitive performance. But if you can't do it, it's certainly not the end of the world. And it's certainly not like a barrier to your progress. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing to add. Perfectly put. Okay. One for you. Um, Hannah. Hey, enjoying the first round after being a long-time podcast lurker, and I'm quote-unquote skinny fat. I'm five foot nine and around 60 kilograms, and I've been hit in the past year. Sorry, I've been fit in the past year. Marathon and half marathons. But always kept a small tummy with weedy little arms and legs. (laughs) I'd like to lose the tummy, but I need to build more muscle to have more athletic figure. Would you do anything different with calories? I've been adhering to 1600 the past two weeks and eight to 12K steps, four workouts and three runs. 1600 calories, four workouts. Three runs and eight to 12,000 steps. And her goal is essentially what she's saying, body recon. Yeah. And she's five foot nine, 60 kg. Yeah. Yeah, I'd increase calories. Tag us in a little post. It's just because you're five foot nine, 60 kg. Yeah, you're little. The goal is to build muscle. Your cardio is still high. And I'd even speak to you about specific macro stuff as well. Like, I want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to build muscle because it sounds to me like, A, with your endurance background and current, even current um, expenditure, B, your natural um, kind of genetic build and see what your goal is, it sounds to me like we need to increase calories and really keep a focus on what you're doing in the gym and your muscle building. You're one of those clients that's probably going to have to give it everything, throw everything in the tank and more at it. Um, so give give us a tag and we'll give you, a, give you a more specific steer. Yeah, agreed. And you can still be in a little deficit. Yeah. And I think if you're someone who hasn't done a lot of gym work before, you're in a good position because you'll get newbie gains and if you're someone who's like come from an endurance background and has never really done much gym workouts then actually yeah you might do really well 
Yeah, and also like mentally, endurance athletes are a whole other. I mean, the mental. Anyone who's run a marathon, fucking kudos. Right, Lottie's just saying. Can you scroll up above Lizzie's last comment? Uh, okay, sorry, I missed one. Hello, ladies. Loving everything so far. Some days it's easier for me to have dinner early at six thirty-ish, and then go to the gym afterwards at say eight. Would you redo this? And if so, should I eat slash? What should I eat slash do afterwards? No, it's fine. As long as as long as that works for you and you can get to bed afterwards. Do you think though that like then that kind of prolonged fasted stay after a late workout, maybe it might be better just to get some protein in, or you think it's fine just because she's getting it in before her session? Um, I would maybe have a protein snack before bed. I thought I was gonna I think say it probably make minimal difference, but why not? like emma and i normally would say it doesn't matter as long as you're as long as you're spiking mps throughout the course of the day whether you eat before or after your workout we don't care we don't have to be specific i tend to change that advice when we're talking about a late night workout and straight to bed and that's because you do the workout and then you're in a prolonged fasted stay and i would just rather you just get in a little bit of protein before bed but yeah yeah if you're gonna do it get at least 20 grams yeah, like do, yeah, just do, do get a pro, get a protein shake on your way out the gym or a protein bar on your way out the gym. But a good protein bar. There's so many protein bars out there which are like sub 20 grams. And I'm like, you're bullshit. You should not call yourself a protein bar. Um, but yeah, a good one. And then and that's it. Um, yeah, and that's all you need. Okay. Uh Kanchan, quick one, ladies. As I'm getting leaner up top, I'm starting to look like a Dorito. To avoid looking disproportionate, can I reduce my set slash reps for upper body lifts? To explain, I look more bigger up top when I lean out as my upper body responds to stimulus very well. Not sure if I'm making sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, ch- change your training frequency. Kanch, let us know what, how, what sessions you're doing per week and we'll give you a different um, split. Agreed. All right, okay, we're up to date there. Oh, okay. Well, should we do a couple more? Yeah. I'm really enjoying this live. Oh, where is it? Hang on. Okay. <sighs> okay, here we go. Um, does it matter when you eat a protein bar? Is there a certain time window before or after a workout? Oh, we just did this, that you should. It's best to eat it. Doesn't matter if you eat one a day but you don't do a strength workout. Sorry if these are dumb questions. I'm still getting over a slight food and calorie fear with protein bars. Hmm. Um, we like you to, to, to get your protein in at regular intervals throughout the day, whether that's breakfast, lunch, dinner, like three square meals, fine. Whether you kind of eat every three hours, which is something I like clients to do in a fat loss phase, just to keep hunger at bay. And um, that's fantastic as well. Um, Again, as we said, as long as you're doing that, we don't really care uh, eating pre or post workout as long as you're doing that. Um, unless like like we just talked about, if you're going to bed after a late night workout, probably best to get something in after. Um, does it matter if you eat it on the day? You do, it's probably more important to do it on the day you don't do a strength workout. Um, so yeah, get your protein in every day, kids. Emma, anything to add? No, but I get where this is coming from because I think, people see protein bars and protein shakes as like supplements and muscle building supplements it's like if I've not worked out like should I be having this when actually like as much as I guess they are classed under supplements like it's just food like it's just for like whatever like fortified no it's just a like a derivative of milk yeah like it's milk (laughs) taken out of it yeah and, and in a powder form but people see it as like a supplement like, and it's not that much higher. Like it's not really that different apart from it being way more convenient than eating it in like milk form or chicken form or tuna form or whatever, like eggs, whatever it is. So if that suits you and you're on the go, then like having a protein bar or having a protein shake, absolutely fine. Yeah, completely agree. Did you like how I saw exactly what you were trying to do there? It's like, what's the word that makes... <laughs> It's just, uh, um, okay, Susie, Susie Downey. Oh, our favourite start to a question. Not a question. <laughs> Not a question, I just love you guys. I just wanted to say I love you. <laughs> You're great. 
<laughs> I just wanted to say, Emma, this is for you as well. I just wanted to say how much journaling has kept me on track using your journal, Emma. She didn't even make the joke because she's that sincere about it. Oh. Um, this is my second round. The first one was in June last year. I did okay. And I convinced myself it would all be fine on my own. It wasn't. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I got your journal and wow, what a difference it's made. I never really understood. Oh, this makes me so happy. Um, I never really understood the benefits until now. 10 days of journaling every day. I can see where in the past I would have completely fallen off track and fallen in the bucket bucket already. But I've picked things apart and I've got myself right back on it. And I feel so much better for it. At the end of week two, I'm three kg down. I've stuck to the plan with a lovely day out full of food and drinks yesterday and some calories that I saved for that in the week. If you haven't tried journaling, I really recommend it. Thank you, girls. No, it's just girl. This is Emma. Um, I kept quiet last round without asking any questions or posting anything. So I'm really trying not to do the same this round. Aww. Well done, Emma. Well done, Susie. Well, well done, Susie, for using it. Because actually the tools are there, right? It's just like you have to go and action it. And people don't get like what the benefits of journaling are until they start doing it. And then they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, like I know kind of what to do. I just need to hold myself accountable. And I need to make sure I'm asking myself these questions so that I'm actually learning via living. That's what journaling is about. Yeah. I love that. And I really genuinely love that she is so sincere that she didn't call it your VJ once. I know. <laughs> I love it. What did I tell you? One of my one-to-ones, which my I'm not, I don't have any anymore. I feel like I feel completely bereft. Um, but she ordered it too, and she's loving it. It's, oh, it's fabu. Fabu. I'm um, glad. All right, we'll end it there, guys. Um, and I very much enjoyed that. Woohoo. Love you all. Bye.